Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast, Thursday, May 16th. I'm Anastasia Glova. As Congress begins two weeks of intense debate on immigration reform, passing an effective reform bill remains a possibility. In the Free Trade Bulletin titled Comprehensive Immigration Reform, Finally Getting It Right, Cato scholar Dan Griswold provides a pragmatic solution to the United States' failed immigration policy. In his podcast, he explains that solution. What does successful and comprehensive reform of U.S. immigration law look like? I think any successful reform has to have some key components. I think the most important one is a workable temporary worker program. Our economy needs more workers. We are creating jobs at the high end and the low end of the skill spectrum, and yet the pool of Americans willing and happy to take those jobs continues to shrink. So we need a temporary worker program. We need to legalize Those who are here, they're not going home. We can't round them up in some kind of biblical exodus. And then we need to enforce that law. We need to have an enforceable law and then enforce that because then we'd know if somebody's sneaking across the border, they're intending to do us harm. You know, some people point back to the 1986 Immigration Reform and Control Act, which was a major piece of legislation. It legalized 2.7 million people who were here illegally. It dramatically ramped up our border enforcement including making it illegal for the first time in U.S. history to knowingly hire illegal workers. The missing component of the 86 law, though, was any provision to allow new workers to come in legally. So we drained, largely drained the pool of illegal workers, and then it just started filling up again. That's the missing component. That's the most important aspect of the current reform has to be a workable, sufficiently large temporary worker program to meet the needs of the growing U.S. economy. Now, critics complain that America is flooded with immigrants and that the American economy threatens to buckle under this weight, and yet you maintain that immigrants are contributing greatly to our economic success. So which is it? What's actually happening? This idea that we're being flooded with immigrants kind of makes me chuckle. We're a country of 301 million people now, $13 trillion economy. When you look at the immigration rate, and I think that's the way to think of it, we talk about a crime rate, a poverty rate, a growth rate, the immigration rate is actually well within the norms of historical American experience. Even when you consider incoming illegal immigrants, immigration numbers are about five new immigrants a year per 1,000 U.S. population. That's less than half of what it was a century ago when it was over 10 immigrants per 1,000 population. In fact, that's a lower immigration rate than we had from 1840 to 1920 as a percentage of our population. Immigrants today, foreign-born people are about 12.7%. That compares to 14.7% from, say, about 1890 to 1910. So we were more of an immigrant nation 100 years ago. We're not buckling under the weight. In fact, immigrants fill important niches in our economy at the high end. Think of a college physics professor, a computer programmer, a a think tank policy analyst. You know, many are are foreign-born. But on the lower end, too, they're filling important jobs in key industries like landscaping, retail, food preparation, construction, cleaning. They're allowing these whole sectors to grow and meet the demands of our economy. But what do we do with those immigrants who are already here illegally? Do they deserve a Hassan's special pathway plan that rewards illegals while others obey immigration laws? Yeah, this is probably the toughest question, certainly politically, but also maybe policy-wise, too. What to do with the 12 million here, you know, many of them have been here quite a long time, some 40% of them 10 years, over half of them five years or more. They're important members of their community and their workplace. We can't round them up and send them home. 
think what we need to do is find a way for them to become legal. We want, for security reasons, if nothing else, we want these 12 million people to come forward and register so we know who they are, so they don't live in fear of the police, and we want them part of the above-ground economy rather than the underground economy. I think the way to do it is to, uh, you can assess a fine. They did break the U.S. law after all. You can assess back taxes, although many of them have been paying payroll taxes all along. One proposal, which I think could work, is to make them briefly go back to their home country, a kind of touch base, and then re-enter legally. And then I think a key provision just for the sense of fairness that Americans have is that they shouldn't be able to jump the queue and become legal ahead of people who've been waiting sometimes for years. And one proposal from the administration is we accelerate clearing the backlog of people who've been waiting to become legal. They think that would take about eight years. And then the newly legalized workers would be eligible to apply for permanent legal status. So we're not talking about making them permanent residents or citizens, but just temporary legal residents. And then eight years down the road, they become legal permanent residents. And then another five years after that, citizens. So a minimum of 13 years before they could become citizens. The immigration issue came up repeatedly during Tuesday's presidential debate. Why don't we conclude with a quick roundup of the top candidates' immigration platforms, both parties? Obviously, this is an important political issue. Immigration uh, is an important issue to Americans. I think you're seeing some division, certainly within the Republican Party, a, a fairly deep division among Republicans. There are certain Republican candidates who have spoken favorably about immigrants in general and about comprehensive immigration reform. That's Rudy Giuliani, John McCain, who was one of the chief sponsors of the reform effort last year. Some, like Mitt Romney, aren't quite sure where he stands on that. He uh, sounded like he was in favor of the reform last year, but now he's sounding less certain. And then there are candidates like Tom Tancredo and Duncan Hunter who've made opposition to immigration and any kind of legalization a key part of their platform. As for Democrats, most of them generally looked favorably on immigrants generally and uh, immigration reform but they have some divisions in in their party as well. But really, the key division right now is among the Republican Party. The Senate's about to take the issue up. So what do you expect? I think it's quite possible, maybe not probable, but possible that the Senate will pass out sensible immigration reform of the kind I've been talking about. Here, Senator Harry Reid, to his credit, sees this as an important issue. He's scheduled two weeks of debate. There are Republicans who are willing to work with the Democrats on this. The administration, I think, has been putting on a full court press, sending up cabinet secretaries, and President Bush has been talking about it. So I think all the ingredients are there for a bipartisan compromise. I think there are enough Republicans to support it. I think the Democrats want to get this done. The president wants to get it done. One, it's the right thing to do, but two, he's thinking about his legacy. And then there's politics. There's millions of Hispanic voters who uh, look at this issue as a very important issue to them. So I think all the ingredients are there. I think the only thing that can sink it now is partisan politics. Thank you, Dan. And thank you for listening to Cato Daily Podcast. The Cato Institute is a nonprofit organization that accepts no government funding. If you'd like to find out more about Cato or would like to make a contribution, please visit our website, www.cato.org. Thank you.